Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson, and I'm joined by David Allen once again, uh, a returning host. Uh, he's here, he's the fun one, and we have some sort of fun stuff to talk about, depending on who you are. <laughs> if you're a lawyer, super fun. If you're a gamer, very interesting. If you're Microsoft, maybe not so much fun. <laughs> We're going to start... Got a little bit of something for everybody in here this evening. Yeah, I mean, we'll be talking about games as well, but we'll be talking about lawsuits. We'll also be talking about uh, some stuff with Windows as well, because you guys come here for the Windows news. Uh, And we'll be talking about some other things. But to start off our opening discussion, I think it's the thing that everyone's been talking about. Anyone who's been following Microsoft, who's been following gaming, who's been following Activision, who's been following even Candy Crush. Uh, We were talking about uh, the FTC officially suing Microsoft to halt its uh, bid to take over Activision Blizzard. Um, chalk up yet another hurdle for Microsoft in the way of its uh, $68 billion bid to purchase Activision Blizzard as the U.S. Federal Trade Commission agency has filed a a legal challenge against the deal. According to the FTC's press release, the reason the voting bloc of commissioners decided on a three-to-one basis to vote against the deal had to do with Microsoft's willingness to withhold, quote, withhold content from its gaming rivals. Today we see, uh, and this is like per the release, today we seek to stop Microsoft from gaining control over a leading independent gaming studio and uh, using it to harm competition in multiple dynamic and fast-growing gaming markets. The FTC cites Microsoft's decision to make its titles from its recently approved acquisition of Bethesda, which it made Starfield and Redfall exclusive, despite assuring, quote, assuring it had given the European antitrust authorities that it had no incentive to withhold games from rival consoles, quote, as a cause for the FTC to sue. Microsoft's vice chair and president, Brad Smith, offered the following statement to The Verge, after the FTC's decision went public uh, a couple days ago. Quote, we continue to believe that this deal will expand competition and create more opportunities for gamers and game developers. We have been committed since day one to addressing competition concerns, including uh, by offering er- earlier this week proposed concessions to the FTC. While we believed in uh, gaming, uh, while giving a, a piece of chance, we have a complete confidence in our case and welcome the opportunity to present our case in court, quote. Tangentially speaking, Microsoft uh, may have seen the decision coming down the pipe uh, from the FTC and preemptively positioned itself to lake sweep the FTC's strongest objection by offering a 10-year deal to bring Activision's most coveted franchise to both Nintendo and Valve. Uh, Dave, you can speak on this a little bit because this is kind of what you brought in your headlines. All right. Um, for the 10-year deals. Okay. It was interesting this week. It was It was brought up that... Microsoft went to Nintendo, and they also said, look, Sony, Nintendo will give you 10 years Call of Duty. No questions asked. 10 years, you have the rights to Call of Duty. We're going to do it. And and what makes that interesting is, you know, Nintendo Switch has never seen a Call of Duty. Now, we can all chuckle that, hey, what's Call of Duty and, you know, 720p necessarily going to look like? (laughs) But I think, you know, that says a lot that Sony didn't even didn't even raise a hand and say, look, how about a deal? They were spending their time talking to the FTC and and trying to get some judgments, you know, against Microsoft, which, you know, looks like we've got some interesting things going on there. But to me, the 10 year deal on a title that, you know, I don't know how many people play Call of Duty, but it is a staple title in the gaming world. A 10-year deal to me says that Microsoft is willing to work with everybody 
for gaming to be good for everybody on any platform. And to me, that's a big deal. Huge. And with both Nintendo and Valve, mind you, because this is like what this basically does is democratize uh, Call of Duty, at least as a franchise. I don't know if they promised anything else. I don't know if it's like World of Warcraft is on this deal or anything else. But we at least know that Call of Duty is a franchise. And I uh, wonder if this is because remember, there are two different studios that produce Call of Duty in tandem. So mm-hmm. I don't know um, how that's going to work or what the specifics were. But regardless, it democratizes it so that nobody has the, I think it's a six-month window that Sony bought basically each year to say like, hey, Call of Duty is on this console, even though, you know, it's on both, but it's best played on Sony. And they, you know, whenever they do commercials, it's always on a PS uh, or a PlayStation or whatnot, at least for the like past two console generations. Again, with both the Nintendo and Valve lined up to also get the, the game on day one, like everybody else. Uh, it, and they're benefiting from Microsoft. They basically benefit if Microsoft purchases Blizzard. This will result in a 10-year deal to democratize the publisher's biggest title to date. Microsoft has preemptively begun chipping away at the FTC's case, saying that, you know, if uh, we see Microsoft harming the gaming industry. But if this deal doesn't fall through... Uh, say the FTC, you know, decides to strike it down. The EU does as well. Uh, the CMA in the UK does as well. Those ten-year deals are off the table, and it's back to Sony basically paying for the exclusivity for six months for a six-month window. Microsoft uh, getting it six months after, and it not showing up uh, on Valve or, or I mean, not showing up in Valve for probably another year, and then never coming to Nintendo regardless of the resolution or anything like that. Now, again, we don't know the details. It could have been Call of Duty Mobile. That would <laughs> be one thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, all this to say, uh, it's been a crazy week. And you and I were just speaking just a second ago off mic that more news came in probably late in the day. Uh, and today we're filming this on a Friday. But came in late in the day saying that The Verge reached out to the EU uh, to confirm what concessions or what violations Microsoft might have been in when they promised to keep uh, the Bethesda titles non-exclusive. And their response was they didn't. Microsoft didn't make any promises to keep any titles exclusive. That's part of the reason why no objections have been raised specifically by the EU or the CMA in regards to this. It isn't like they are investigating because Microsoft violated a previous deal. They're investigating on a whole different basis. So what the FTC is basing part of the reasoning on is faulty, at least as far as what we are seeing reported as of Friday. We will get more details as this uh, continues to go on. I believe Wednesday, Thursday was the news broke. So that Thursday was the first day of yeah, uh, they Thursday. were in, yeah Thursday was the first day they were in in court for this case. It's also filed in a separate um, division. Uh, as far as how um, the FTC normally kind of goes about striking down a deal. So in this different division, they could potentially be doing this as a formal way to get concessions versus saying, you know, we're outright not talking at all. We're not making any deals. This is going to be objected uh, full stop uh, as the FTC can do. But this is in a different court uh, to where they can say, all right, well, if you give us these uh, sort of concessions, which I don't know what they could be at this point, uh, it could still go forward. And the same thing goes for the CMA in the UK and the EU regulators. So, uh, like, you know, Dave and I have just been speaking for the last seven or eight minutes. It is a very big week for Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft, uh, especially here in the US that, you know, uh, as I believe this FTC's 
investigating Facebook's purchase of another uh, platform, I believe. It's for their uh, meta uh, VR thing. I believe they're buying a studio that creates this amazing game. Uh, it's the only game out there. The FTC is already looking into stopping that because they don't want meta to have that. They cannot look on the, you know, they cannot let this deal go by if the deal for the meta one is, you know, a couple billion dollars here. Uh, and Microsoft's willing to spend $68 billion, and the FTC's like, yeah, you guys go ahead. So uh, this could be political. This could be Lena Khan's biggest deal that, you know, she's attempting to uh, perhaps make a name for herself. Uh, I am not, as much as I am a fan of Microsoft and Xbox, uh, I mean, if who knows if this turns out to be a Ticketmaster slash Live Nation kind of situation where all of us who are gaming, all of us who are Xbox fans want this to happen, and it turns out to be the worst move ever. So I'm uh, here, perhaps like you, David, with an open mind. We'll see how this case goes. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, want, I want to say two things, and we'll wrap this up. One, when I was speaking, I misspoke. It was Valve and Nintendo. As you mentioned, I think I threw Xbox back in there when I made my comment. Sorry, guys. But to me, it goes back to something we, we mentioned on the podcast. I believe it was last week. We're talking about software here, guys. When, when, when we're talking about this Activision Blizzard thing, we're talking about software. And to me, what really sticks out, Sony has, has been against it since day one. They've offered no concessions or anything. They've not talked to Microsoft, as we have mentioned. If we're down to one title, Call of Duty, whatever version, whatever type you, you want to choose, whether it's mobile, whatever, that one title determines the life or the future of a complete hardware ecosystem such as Sony and Sony PlayStation. To me, there's a bigger problem because could Microsoft survive without Halo? I believe they could. You know, not saying that that would ever happen, but that's a fair example. Could Microsoft survive without Halo? They likely could. I, I just don't get some of the back and forth here and why we've got to dig this deep. I don't see necessarily where anybody gets an advantage in the long term. Yeah, I mean, it's all hyperbole for the courts, uh, as you mentioned. And just to put a button on it, uh, both Sony and Microsoft will survive regardless of the deal. Uh, Sony has, you know, Insomniac and it's making great games. It has, you know, a cavalcade of Japanese developers to keep it going with RPGs and whatnot. Microsoft will survive if it does not get Activision Blizzard. What this does, though, is it's an it was an opportunity for Microsoft to basically uh, boost up, as you said, a soft, in a software way, its game portfolio. Uh, we both know that both of these companies lose on hardware, and it is where the games are at that makes the big difference. Uh, Microsoft wants to get more of the games. You know, it hasn't had a great history of studios that produce these, you know, AAA titles. So it's trying to buy it. Um, the way it used to be was that, you know, Microsoft, I believe in the 360 days, had purchased most of the exclusive rights for Call of Duty. It switched for uh, Sony in uh, the PS4 days, and it's going into the PS5 days as well. I mean, technically speaking, this is the most competitive way to do it, is let them purchase it for each generation. What Microsoft is trying to do is not circumvent the purchasing ability, but get a hold of the title so that it can start boosting its uh, xCloud and Game Pass versus, you know, saying, hey, we want to keep all these titles to ourselves. They make money. They want to make money. They want to make money on the software. They don't want to, you know, cut off half their base. 
out of spite or out of exclusivity. They want to make sure that Sony gets these things. They want to make money off of it. They want to rely less on having to sell consoles and they want to start making thin clients so that, you know, we're not reliant on $500, $600 consoles every six or seven years. So again, we will see how this goes, but it is now time for headlines. We have talked a lot about uh, uh, Activision. We will now talk about more Microsoft news that might be interesting to you. So let's talk about Microsoft rolling out screen recording features in Windows 11 snipping tool. As is the Microsoft way, Windows 11 is loading up multiple ways to achieve the same outcome. That's what they love to do. A day ago, it was reported that Microsoft is working uh, on adding screen recording features to a snipping tool and has already begun rolling out to insiders. The screen recording feature will land as an update uh, to the app, uh, which means it should be an independent of the OS update going forward for anybody who's on good old commercial versions of Windows 11. So you don't have to worry about like, oh, I need a full system update for this to enable it. The snipping tool recording feature joins Microsoft's built-in screen recording efforts baked into the Xbox app, uh, which came a couple years ago to Windows 11, Windows uh, Windows 10, and Windows 11. As mentioned up top, Microsoft likes to often develop redundancies for users, uh, sometimes to its own detriment, but adding the recording feature to snipping tool actually makes more sense than hiding it behind in each use case if better, you know, gamers would only find really if you didn't know. Microsoft does have a Windows uh, uh, screen recorder, but it's hidden in the game. Uh, gaming UI. Um, so as of now, it seems Microsoft is A-B testing the Insider program with access to the screen recording feature. Uh, and it's in its early stages, so it comes with a couple bugs that include performance delays as well as having to restart the app for some people uh, when using screen record. So you, you do a screen record, uh, and then when you go to do another you know, screen capture or some sort like that, you may need to exit out of it and restart the app. Uh, all, you know, all in all, it's a nice addition to make the holistic experience of Windows you know, that much more complete. Totally what do you agree. Got for us? Well, yeah. I, I was going to say this is the one feature that Microsoft is missing for me that would change the way I work every day because you know we do that we do screen captures for some of our videos for some of our tutorials and um, for some other things and that's kind of the one thing that you look in Windows we can capture gameplay with Game Bar and you know some people have figured out how to use the Xbox tools to do some ways to do screen capture it's kind of the one thing that i can't wait to see and not have to have a third party tool every time i just want to capture you know a five minute video or tutorial on how to do something so i, I oh, can't definitely. wait to, i can't wait to see this feature and i hope they get it right first time fingers crossed all right got one for us we're going to stay in the software world just a little bit and microsoft is launching community features for microsoft teams the feature is designed for the best parts of the free version of teams now if you've got windows 11 for me that's the little purple icon down on the taskbar that's there when you install windows 11 and basically what they're allowing you to do is organize your groups this is meant for personal use say for example sports teams um you know maybe some small meetings some family get-togethers which is good this time of year to where you can create groups you can plan your event you can invite people to the group very easily they just get a link and they're in and something that kind of bugs me though right now it's mobile only it's not here for desktop yet it is android and ios but I did take time to check it out. Pretty cool tool. 
I think Microsoft, as mentioned, may have an issue here with they did try to, as we know, go after Discord. They went after Pinterest. They went after TikTok to try to get into this social atmosphere, the community social atmosphere. We know we know they have teams for business. And, you know, this is Microsoft's way. They feel like they have got something different. As I've said before, I think they've got a little bit of a tall task ahead of them getting people off of their existing ecosystems but we'll have to wait and see uh yeah i'm waiting to see and i appreciate the giant segment bridge you just built me with this uh my next story actually dovetails right into this which was we got reports of microsoft's connected i mean microsoft's failed attempts to get TikTok and discord and why they might have been after something sort of like that or even pinterest uh, what some of us thought were some head-scratching moves as Microsoft chased Discord and TikTok purchases that actually turned out to be part of a long-term strategy to get a foothold in mobile advertising. A report from the information published earlier this week organized Microsoft seemingly attempted sporadic spending on social media platforms uh, as uh, as a delivery uh, as, they, as they try to build out the super or quote-unquote everything app to subvert Apple and Google's dominance in mobile. Uh, in the terms of the everything app, uh, if it you know if it sounds familiar, makes the hair in the back of your neck stand up, it's probably perhaps because recent Twitter owner and living meme Elon Musk <laughs> has mentioned it on several occasions that he wants to turn Twitter into the everything app, the X app, I believe is his exact words, uh, which would be something for the West, which is similar to WeChat in China. Uh, with that context, Microsoft has failed bid to acquire Discord and TikTok, and as you mentioned, Pinterest. Uh, begin to make more sense as its uh, disparate apps need a unifying messaging foundation, a social aspect uh, aspect to all of the apps that they're trying to tie into this to pivot towards an everything app that can provide shopping, financing, games, news, communication, and entertainment pathways. Uh, this everything app basically would be if you were to take Discord uh, as an example, and then you could latch on stuff like Teams, you could latch on things like the start app which i believe you know delivers you all kinds of news and uh new shopping features and things like that uh you could uh start to tack on gaming which you know they have mentioned uh in the recent most recent uh days uh phil spencer I believe head of xbox is mentioning that he wants to uh develop a mo a third-party mobile app store to compete against google play store and the app store and whatnot so if you're able to start tying all these things to Discord, uh, again, as an example, that would be Microsoft's ability to kind of, get, you know, leverage and build synergies for all the other apps. Uh, Microsoft hasn't officially confirmed or denied the report uh, that it's seeking to make a super app. And the head of Xbox, uh, you know, like we've mentioned, kind of leans towards that by saying he wants to make an alternative. Microsoft's advertising partners are also looking for the company to find a better way to tie its platforms together to help streamline their efforts uh, in the marketing efforts and spending. Basically, they're saying, Microsoft, we want to advertise with you, but we also want to you know, do it in a way that makes sense. You have all of these properties that we could advertise on and for, but none of them really are cohesive and connected enough. So we'll be you know, double, tripling our efforts because none of them are talking to each other. So if you can get your act together, get something that centralizes all of these things, like say an iMessage or a Messenger app or a uh, you know, we said like WeChat or uh, Telegram or something like that. You can get the center, you can get the heart of communication. Then you can spread out and then we'd love to advertise with you, uh, i.e. partnerships with, you know, Netflix and some other things. So 
Uh, we'll keep an eye on any other news that comes out about this um, magical um, uh, super app uh, and whether or not we'll see what other kind of social media. I mean, you let us know in the comments what social media app Microsoft could purchase at this point that could help right now. We know TikTok's probably not going to be on the table and running not on the table anytime soon as the U.S. goes after it for some uh, potential uh, privacy violations. Uh, we are waiting to see what Elon does with Twitter. Maybe he runs it enough into the ground that Microsoft can buy it on pennies on the dollar. But what do you think? Well, I would like to see something like this. I, I, I'm an old school guy. I When I buy something, I buy into the ecosystem. I bought into the Microsoft ecosystem at one point. I even bought into the Apple ecosystem at one point. And what is tough is the basic thing of communication like my family for example i've got a google phone i think uh, kareem here has mentioned he's got a, a a surface duo and you know just simple things like iMessage and being able to you know do the things on apple that apple allows you to do playing games with your family or i think you can co-watch videos a little bit now or, or something like that i just wish these companies would get it together. They can, they can argue whatever they want, but everybody should be able to allow, communicate equally. And I feel pretty strongly about that because my family misses out on it. Kareem may have people in his family that misses out on it. Communication is the basics of human nature. Let everybody do it and let it be cross-platform, super app, whatever it needs to be. Totally agree. What do you got for us next? Well, we're going to go back to gaming. I know you guys know that I couldn't stay away from gaming too long. <laughs> um, actually, one of my favorite games, Flight Simulator. Flight Simulator passed 10 million players this weekend. That That's a lot of miles. That's, that's 500 million flights. That's actually, according to Microsoft, 40 million miles flown. That is the equivalent to 10 million trips around the earth and is also equivalent to 200 round trips from the earth to the sun. This is quite an achievement. Now, me, I enjoy the game for the realism. They're, they're, they're backing the Azure cloud and when you're flying your plane, you see what is happening in the world at that time if there is a real plane in flight you may see a replica of that plane go by you and, and what's cool is this 10 million players is just the recent versions of flight simulator including the most recent the i believe it's the 40 year anniversary it does not include all of the previous flight simulators and I, I would love to know what that number is i mean that, how many years has flight simulator been around 15 20. something like that yeah i mean that's one of the first games i ever played so it would be interesting just to know what the total number would be I, i'm sure they have the film material on that and they'll add it up but it's way more impressive and mind-boggling for us to comprehend now they're probably putting those numbers together for you I got something that's less fun and less gaming related because, <laughs> hey, that's me. You guys, you're going to have to live with it. I'm hoping to inform you, though. 
Uh, Microsoft rejoins Amazon, Google, and Oracle in a bid uh, for revamped Jedi contract. Now, you know me. Uh, if you go to our website, I am probably the Jedi Master, at least when it comes to reporting on the uh, Joint Enterprise Defense Infrastructure contract. I've been writing about it for years, been following the drama. And uh, in, in, in quick rewind news, Microsoft, Amazon, and the DoD are going back to the drawing board uh, for the Jedi contract bidding process and inviting Oracle and Google back to the party. Uh, again, for those of you who have followed the story, we know that Oracle sued because they said that it was a conflict of interest because Amazon, uh, I believe it was Amazon had uh, a former employee who worked who worked at Amazon, went over to the DoD, helped write the bidding process. Uh, and it seemed unfair because, you know, Amazon ended up, out, you know, winning out, beating them to do it. And they were saying, hey, you had someone on the inside that helped write the whole thing. No wonder that you were going to win. Uh, Google sued for, I mean, uh, Amazon sues later for a different reason. We'll get into that in a second. But yesterday, the DOD released the details on a surveillance joint enterprise defense infrastructure contract that is now dubbed the Joint Warfighting Capability Deal. Lame, because you no longer get the acronym JEDI. Uh, the new deal drops the overall winner's uh, pot by $1 billion, so it goes down from $10 billion for 10 years to $9 billion. And the funds will be awarded proportionally to the participants' contribution to the JWCC. Uh, so, you know, it could be, you know, if all four of them end up getting a piece of this pie, it'll be divvied up based on who's doing, you know, the heaviest lifting and whatnot. Uh, the new structure should help avoid year, the years-long controversy that surrounded the Jedi Endowment, but does set Microsoft back at square one, despite winning the original $10 billion for 10 years contract. Amazon seems pleased to have halted, the re halted and reversed Microsoft's win via legal battles, and issued the following statement in light of the new announcement, quote, this is Amazon. We are honored to have been selected for the joint warfare, uh, warfighting cloud capability contract and look forward to continuing our support for the Department of Defense. From an enterprise to the tactical edge, we're ready to deliver industry-leading cloud services to enable the DoD to achieve its critical missions. Uh, Microsoft has, uh, I believe, had its own statement. I don't have it with me right now. But in the end, uh, again, this seems like the better way to do it. Uh, versus what they had before. Now, my only questions arise are, how does potentially four different cloud service providers work in tandem with one another to provide updates, security, all at the same time on something as important as, you know, national security defense? Um, you know how, we know how AWS works. Uh, Microsoft does, you know, admittedly do things that make it hard for the two to work with each other because of business practices. Well, they set the stuff aside to work with uh, the DOD for this, the same with Oracle, the same, will Google be able to keep up as well? So there are those new questions that arise versus, you know, who uh, can sue in order to get themselves into the contract. Well, I'm, I'm glad to see that they're, they're trying this again, but since we've got all the stuff going on with lawsuits in the world, and we've talked about it plenty on this podcast, it makes me wonder, you're asking the biggest cloud providers to share, to work together, to make things secure, but yet you can still compete. And I, I just see some heads bumping here. I think the idea, the concept is good. What we're going to see on paper as far as news, yeah, okay, I get it. That sounds good. But I think when it becomes imp time for implementation, whenever we get to that point, I think we're going to see some heads bump. I, I, I can't see, you know, the biggest cloud provider sitting, you know, sitting down at a table and going, hey, let's equally make this project work. 
you know, I, I, I don't see that happening, and I think there's going to be some turmoil along the way. Yeah, I believe that uh, at least DoD has kind of built itself a sort of a, a get-out-of-jail-free card with this deal. Uh, because they're not locked into 10 years. None of these deals are 10 years. I believe at the most it might be five years uh, with an option to restructure this uh, as they see fit going forward. So again, if Amazon's doing an amazing job, they may just say after five years or however long their uh, evaluation period is, we're going to go with Amazon from, this, from the top of the stack down because they're doing an amazing job. We gave you a shout out to Microsoft. We gave you a shout out to Google. We gave you a shout out to Oracle. Or you know, it could be any of the four. But this is at least initially going forward the best way to kind of determine who will be uh, getting a much longer contract in the end. What else do you got for us? I got one more for you. We're going to go back to gaming one last time. And <laughs> actually, actually um, what has become a pretty popular title, Cyberpunk 2077. Cyberpunk didn't get off to a good start. If you if you followed Cyberpunk, <laughs> if you followed that's Cyberpunk, saying it nicely. Yeah, it, 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 it stunk. I mean, I was a original Cyberpunk 2077 buyer. I admit I was on the refund list. I did not like it, but I have since picked the game back up, and they're actually getting a Game of the Year edition. They have turned the game around, as I mentioned. Now the thing is. The target for the Game of the Year edition has not been given yet. It's going to be more than an update, and you can expect to pay full price. It's in quotes here. The target version of the game of the game of the Game of the Year, Cyberpunk 2077, will be will be will be just the update, including the new edition. The you can expect the full price. What else can you expect here? And so if you're expecting them to just say update or give you, you know, a freebie, it doesn't sound like it's going to go that way. So be prepared to buy the Game of the Year version, Cyberpunk 2077. No specific release date yet, but we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, um, I actually, as you had mentioned, I, I was also kind of on uh, the initial train to, to, do, to get Cyberpunk. I heard, I saw the reviews, saw the gameplay, saw the complaints. I backed away. Uh, it wasn't until I want to say maybe a month ago, three weeks, three weeks ago, that I started watching the show on Netflix. And the show's amazing. So those of you who have not seen it, who are fans or have played the game, I recommend seeing it. Got me reinterested. So then I've gone back and started watching YouTube game uh, gameplay, walkthroughs, and everyone's talked about the amazing uh, steady updates that have fixed a lot of the stuff that was initially broken add new features, you know, build out the maps, uh, change the AI for the police, I believe, that are in the system, for the uh, NPCs for the in the system. You know, it's made everything much cleaner, much more crisp, much more uh, fluid in, in the game itself. Uh, the driving mechanisms are different. I believe the shooting is still the same. It's a little more crisp for some people. Uh, PC versions have gotten, uh, you know, significant uplifts as well. So, uh, you know, if you didn't purchase the game, um, last year uh when it was followed you know as you said undercooked and served raw to everybody it was. Um, per perhaps getting the game of the year version uh will be a better deal for you i mean while it is full price uh and everyone who's bought it full price last year i believe have gotten the update since then so don't worry about that but for, the thing is for everyone else who skipped the game last year and are now looking to jump back in uh obviously uh cd project red i believe is the studio that makes it wants to again recoup their money in their r d and if it's as good as Every, you know, recent gamers have been saying, 
I think they deserve every penny. So uh, go ahead and try and get it. Uh, get the DLCs as well if you can. Uh, it's been a great game, uh, according to people who have played it. I have yet to play it. I will be playing it shortly. Good game. It, it, it's worth your money the second time around. I, the first time the refund was, and, and I'm not a game refunder. I, I'm not that person. Sometimes you get a game and it's not good or it doesn't work as expected. But, you know, I give the developer full credit for redoing the game and making it right. That that says a lot to me as a gamer. Devo- developers, we appreciate you. Yes, we uh, do. That will be our last word on gaming, our last word on this podcast for today. We want to also thank you, uh, the viewer, the listeners, for sticking with us for another weekend. Uh, we appreciate your time. If you have any questions, please reach out to myself uh, via Twitter, or you can go to our website, seeing what I believe for David. If he's got the time to speak back with you guys, he yes. will, I believe. So, uh, again, thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, we will talk to you again, I believe, next week, right before we get into the holiday. Yep, I think we got one more, and then we're going to take a little holiday break. Enjoy. <laughs>